Hello and welcome to a new episode of Every Rocky Ever, a podcast dedicated to talking about 30 years worth, or I guess 30 plus years worth, of Rocky's players and personnel. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined always on this journey is my older brother, Dustin. How you doing, Dustin? Doing pretty good. Not so much watching the actual Rockies, but feeling good talking about our former Rockies. Yeah, <laughs> it's how we're salvaging this season in some ways, celebrating the 30-year anniversary of the team in a better way than watching the team actually play, because it is not fun. And you can hear about that all over on the Affected by Altitude podcast with Evan Lang and myself, where we're getting really frustrated <laughs> already, just three or so weeks into the season. But, ugh. but. We're not here to talk about the current Rockies. As always, we're here to talk about the former Rockies. And today we're talking about probably one of the more underrated or one of the, I guess, staples. If you were to look at the Mount Rushmore of Rockies pitchers, this guy gets serious, I guess, consideration of just kind of being a foundation for modern day Rockies pitching. And that's none other than the one, the only one of our favorite stars of a commercial for the Rockies. Coming out of Kentucky, it's Aaron Cook, the Cookie Monster. One of he's always been one of my favorites. Uh, played for the Rockies as the kind of that foundational pitcher. And I'll just kind of hand it over to you, Dustin. Of, give us the quick rundown here on on Aaron Cook, the Rocky. All right, Aaron Cook, number twenty eight. Before that, one th- certain third baseman came and took it away, but. Uh, as you said, he was born in Kentucky back in 1979. He was drafted by the Rockies out of high school in the second round in the 97 draft out of Hamilton High School in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, he made his major league debut August 10th, 2002, age 23. And he made a relief appearance against the Chicago Cubs. Pitched two innings, gave up two hits. Um, one of those was a homer, a home run given off to uh, Moises Alou. Uh, he, he played his last game in the major leagues uh, in 2012 when he was part of the Boston Red Sox. But in his Colorado Rockies career, um, Aaron Cook played for 10 years. Uh, from 2002 when he made that debut and he finished up with the Rockies in 2011 Uh, over his career we're going to get into all of his Rockies leader stats but he ended up finishing with uh, 72 wins and 68 losses so he's over 500 uh, 11 complete games and what I would say is a really good ERA considering he was kind of right when the humidor started in and, and getting through that, he had a career ERA with the Rockies of 439. Is that, that's his ERA plus, but um, overall it was at 4.53, which I think is really good. He was just a solid starter. Uh, He did have some bumps in the road with injuries, but he did have an all-star appearance for the Rockies in 2008 that we'll talk about and a couple of gems 
against a certain team that he loved to face. <laughs> but that's, you know, it, it, it seemed like he was, he was such a huge staple in that. For me, what it seemed like forever, he was there in that starting rotation, that red goatee of his, and that sinker ball. Once he, he mastered that in the Rockies, got on that kick of sinker ball pitchers. We're going to focus because Aaron Cook has had a lot of success. And, you know, that, like I said before, a, a couple of bumps in the road with some, some scary injuries, mm-hmm. um, some health issues, but a great career with the Rockies. Yeah. And what's interesting is that his career more or less got to end with the Rockies, kind of. You know, they released him after 2011. They had a team option. They granted him free agency. Goes and signs with the Red Sox in 2012. And then after that season, tries to get on with the Phillies in 2013. Doesn't really work out. They release him. He signs a minor league contract with the Rockies and pitched in the with the Colorado Springs Sky Sox uh, for the rest of that, I think, 2013 season. And then told him, I'm not going to pitch with you again. Gets free agency. Wanted to, I think he wanted to keep looking after that season, but then just some inflammation in his elbow kind of forced him into that early retirement when he wanted to try and make a comeback 2014, 2015. Just didn't work out, so he retired. But 11 years in the big leagues, especially for a pitcher with as many injuries as he had and inconsistencies, to be able to stick with that 10 years in the big leagues, you know, a lot of props to, to Aaron Cook and doing most of that with the Rockies for a decade is pretty incredible. And looking at those stats, it's pretty interesting that he only was it just three seasons with Colorado where he had an ERA over five in just three seasons or out of that 10 years. So like you said, when you're pitching at Coors Field, that's pretty impressive. That four point, Oh, that 4.53 ERA with the Rockies, but you can you'll take that all day with the way that team is. Yeah, in the in the couple of seasons over 200 innings pitched, um, just looking at the at those stats is is he was a guy that oh he didn't light up the radar gun and didn't strike out a ton. It was just ground ball, ground ball, ground ball, and. He had a lot of success, you know. In, in 2002, the, those teams were awful. Mm-hmm. Those early 2000s, you know, Todd and the Toddlers, and and that stuff. It was awful. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he he competed. He was a 16 game winner in 2008, that All Star season. Uh, you know, she she. It, it was it. He was he was one of those guys that became an anchor of that that staff. And they had that magical run there in 2007, uh, 2008 that season, the 2009 playoff team. And he's, he's, uh, he was exciting to, exciting to see because uh, you, you always knew what you got with Aaron Cook when he got on the mound. Mm-hmm. You're going to see him just pound in the zone. Like I said, wouldn't overpower him, but he, he competed. Um, and that's what, that's what I always liked about him. Yeah, I know growing up since you know, I got about 2007 when I started to get more into the Rockies, paying attention more during that World Series run. And that was one that I always appreciated having Aaron Cook. Like I said, we know he's not going to light up the radar. He's not going to go out there and overpower his opponents. 
but that's something that you know both of us as pitchers can really appreciate is the guy just pounded the zone through strikes and that leads to a lot of success when you're a big league pitcher is throwing strikes and more often than not that's what Aaron Cook was doing uh, in his career had 578 strikeouts in his career 429 walks so yeah he he was prone to some walks but that's just what you always think about he's he's pounding the zone he's trying to get the ball in play not so much no get counts to where he's striking guys out but just trying to induce that soft contact or you know you walk a guy but then you get a ground ball double play and, mm-hmm. and with the with the infields that he had uh, you know, Tulowitzki there in the in the you know the lump of his career that was it was locked up mm-hmm. yeah and it, you look at his career a ground ball percentage of 56.6% and to contrast that, a career ground ball percentage of 18.4 for fly balls, 19% line drives. So <laughs> nearly you know, well over half the time on if a ball's getting hit, it's on the ground. Which, he said, those defenses that he had behind him, any pitcher would be successful. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that kind of segue us into a, a little bit of him being kind of the mold the Rockies then decided to kind of try to build pitching at altitude. And we see that more and more over the years. That's kind of the guys they target is guys that can get ground balls, get soft contact, and then try to rely on their defense to get outs. Sometimes it's not working out too well in these modern days, but that that's kind of the, the mold that they're following. And it was established by Aaron cook. Yeah. And, and, he 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 was another one of those pitches that proved that you can have success at Coors Field, mm-hmm. and he turned in two of the all-time greatest games at Coors Field, and with of efficiency and and things like that. And, and at that time, when we saw that evolution of, of pitching at Coors Field, when the humidor came in, and you know we saw we saw those really that 2007 to 2009 rotation. And we're like, wow, you know, there's a handful of these guys that were homegrown guys Mm -hmm. that that had that success. It was cool to see them all come up. And, and we had our, our success, those two playoff appearances. And then it kind of, we were up and then it kind of went back down where, okay, maybe the sinker ball pitcher isn't going to be the best and most efficient at Coors. And we mm-hmm. kind of weaved around, but at least we had those those ten years with with Aaron Cook. Um, it would have been great if we had more playoff appearances and a lot more success. He only got to pitch in in that World Series game, mm-hmm. and we we don't want to remember it. But but he turned in a solid outing in that World Series game. I think it was three runs and like five innings, a couple of strikeouts, a, a solid performance you know, for your starting pitcher. I just don't like remembering anything about that <laughs> that World Series. But yeah, I think of that when you think of that rotation, especially during Aaron Cook's era, the two pitchers that stand out, especially homegrown guys, Aaron Cook and Jeff Francis. You know, kind of two guys in the same mold. Of, they're not lighting up the radar gun, but 
they throw strikes and they're going to get ground balls and, and try to be efficient with with their pitches and, and give their team the best chance to win. And that's really all you can ask for with a with your starting pitcher is just to go out there and give you a solid outing. And when Aaron Cook was healthy, he was doing that. Oh yeah, and and, and it was for for these guys that with these homegrown players that we see them from the times they were a prospect or we're like, who, who, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And they, they make it, they make it to the big leagues, to the big club and have that success. And then it's, it's sad when they, they do have to part ways with them. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's always that hope. Oh, well they, they can get them again. And maybe the, you know, can light them. They, you know, he can revive him a little bit. And sadly in, in his case, I'd, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of those, you know, his career later on, you know, ended with the the arm inflammation. And I think the big testament to Aaron Cook and his legacy with the Rockies and everything was just how much of a workhorse he was when he was healthy. Where we're looking at the the career leaders for the Rockies, Aaron Cook is number one innings pitched at one thousand three hundred and twelve in a third innings. The next closest is Jorge De La Rosa, who's nearly 200 innings fewer than Aaron Cook. And then Jeff Francis, number three at 1,066. And then Herman Marquez is in fourth right now, slowly creeping up those that leaderboard. But still, thir- over 1,300 innings across 10 years. Guy was a workhorse, especially with all the injuries he, all the lost time he had. To still lead the lead, lead the franchise in that, that's incredible to me. Well, yeah. Well, he, being a, being that workhorse, he had he's number one with two hundred and six starts, game mm-hmm. started, and if it wasn't because he he had like I said those scary health issues, the blood clots and things, where there was one instant, you know, he, he had shortage of breath, and they took him out and be like, hey, something's not right here. And there was a doctor said you should be dead. Like, <laughs> this, it's a miracle that you're still alive. Mm. And it's crazy looking at those. And yeah, given when you start uh, 206 games and pitch the 1300 innings, you're going to be leading in some other things that maybe you're not so proud of. That he's number one with with in losses at 68. Um, hits given up, but with a with everything that he he faced five thousand seven hundred and ten batters, and he's uh, you know he he's leading that by a by, by a lot. It's crazy <laughs> to look at these at these stats and and it's really a testament to that durability. That, you know, even though those those injuries or whatever. He still put in a lot of time, a lot of work to establish himself as one of the Rockies' all-time greats. And I think people forget about him. Mm-hmm. When we think of that Mount Rushmore of Rockies pitchers, you know, it's a shame if you if you don't even think of Aaron Cook. Mm-hmm. He's got to be up there. Yeah, you know, it, we because definitely more some more of the current guys. Are people are gonna that are people gonna put up there, or you know, like Ubaldo Jimenez might end up there, but like we said, Aaron Cook's kind of the foundation 
for what success with Rockies pitching can look like. And then that kind of fell into the mold of Jorge De La Rosa comes along. Uh, Kyle Freeland kind of fits into that same mold as Aaron Cook. And see, you really got to give him those props because he was so instrumental, I think, to the makeup and just philosophy of this team going forward where now the Rockies continue to try to find guys that can pitch like Aaron Cook. And they're not really having any luck with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the interesting thing is I think what made Aaron Cook unique was he was kind of the one or two guy in that rotation that pitched like he did. And you no, know, he's the kind of guy that any rotation would take. Like, man, you're our, you know, our number three starter somewhere in there. A guy that can come in, throw strikes. He's not going to be your ace, but he's going to be a solid contributor to a rotation. And instead, I think the Rockies kind of felt, oh, maybe we should turn an entire rotation into that guy, which doesn't work out because when everybody's doing the same thing, they're not that special. And then you have collapsing in your rotation. <laughs> but I, I think kind of pivot to this. What makes a sinker baller so effective, Dustin, using your kind of your pitching expertise here? What what makes a sinker so effective? I, I just wish I could have had some sink. I can only go <laughs> side to side. But uh, the, the the thing is, with the – I what happens is you think, oh, this is just a normal fastball. But when it's got that bite to it, that's why he, he got so many ground balls because they're thinking, as a, as a hitter's going for it, that ball should be here. But that last mo- that last movement that it has dipping down, they're just topping that ball off and it driving it straight into the ground. And you know, I think what Aaron Cook was able to do is always to keep that a singer ball's got to keep the ball down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then it it it's going to get pounded because that's going to be dropped right in the zone. But I always think of, of Aaron Cook in that that bottom half, there's a drill that I see him do in spring training all the time that the catchers have the, the spikes, the setup and, and the strings, the double lines of strings mm-hmm. going, and they're just picking off. They're always hitting that, that, uh, the bottom string. That's always think of Aaron cook and that sinker balls that that's where you wanted to live every time, every pitch, just boom, that bottom half of the strike zone where guys aren't, the only way they're going to get it up in in the air is if they're golfing at it, Vladimir Guerrero style. There's ground ball. That's why he had over a fifty percent ground ball rate. Mm-hmm. I like the this quote that he had. He says, "I'm a pitch to contact guy. I may not be a flashy pitcher because I don't get the K's. I work quick and I make pit, make hitters make contact on my sinker and induce the ground ball." So he's a guy who knew what he was about, knew what his plan was, and. It worked for him. Oh, he's, exactly. And he would have no issues with the pitch clock nowadays. Because oh, he was yeah. Up, ready to go. Yeah. And I like uh, there's this other thing. His sinker is considered by many hitters like trying to hit an anvil falling as it bottoms out at the end. And so, <laughs> you know, I think uh, among sinkers, probably of his era, and it would, we see the sinkers that are in today's game, you know, a hundred mile an hour sinkers these days there's those overpowering sinkers. And then there's just those finesse sinkers that I think Aaron cook was tossing 
that works so well for him. Oh, to complement a curveball, a changeup, a cutter that he tried to implement in there. The sinker would set everything up, and then you know, he can throw it, toss in one of those other pitches, or toss the sinker, get a ground ball, get out of the inning. And heck, he, it wasn't like he was a Jamie Moyer. You know, mm-hmm. he was still he was still that upper eight, the lower nineties. Mm-hmm. I still he could still pump it up there. He's he's a major leaguer. Mm-hmm. And I think we we maybe we forget about that sometimes as well. Uh, but uh, speaking of those, you know, the the pace of, of games and stuff, let's get into what his you know, what those Rockies moments that we remember of him or those big time things that he had. And I'll start off with that game. July 2007. This is before Rocktober started. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is kind of like the bubblings. They're hovering 500-ish. And his favorite team to pitch against, statistically-wise that we've looked into, the San Diego Padres came into town. And what does Aaron Cook go to do? Throw a 74-pitch complete game shutout. <laughs> you know, they won that game, was it 4 nothing? Something like that, or like 4-1. to one. 74 pitches. You know, that was... We got we've we've seen guys that can't get out of the first two three innings with a, with you know throwing they throw seventy four pitches in two three innings. Mm-hmm. We're getting piggyback starters going on here, <laughs> and he did a game at Coors Field. Now we've seen those marathon games at Coors Field. They go on for three four hours. The slugfests mm-hmm. and Mister Efficiency right there seventy four pitches, which is the it. it it tied a record at the time, you know, as one of the 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 quickest the, the the least amount of pitches for a for a complete game victory. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the that was one of the things that I always thought it, like another one of those things and us being Colorado kids, guys you know, we've pitched here and we've seen other other players that you know that we in high school and college like you can't you can pitch in it at altitude and to see Aaron Cook do that I was in college playing at the time and I was like yeah you know that's that's what we're talking about guys can be successful and do cool things especially against a major league baseball team mm-hmm. yeah and like to think of a, a guy just throwing a mere 74 pitches for a complete game at Coors Field against a fairly good San Diego Padres team that the Rockies would eventually go on to face in the wild card card tiebreaker. Aaron Cook was just dominant against them. And yeah, he gives up the two runs, seven hits, but he had a pair of punch outs, no walks, no home runs given up. And 74 pitches, 55 for strikes in 31 batters faced. So he was 15 ground balls, 14 fly balls, just spreading the wealth all around and super effective. Yeah. Just mixing it up. And they, they said they, they had this approach, that they knew what, what was coming and they just couldn't hit it. They couldn't hit it solidly. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what, uh, that's what got him the 74 pitch complete game. 
And then we go to the next year, you know, then they go on to the Rocktober and, and all that. In 2008, before was, you know, his best year, um, he played in the All-Star game, 2008. Scott, mm-hmm. what do you remember about that? I honestly don't remember much of it. Oh, <laughs> I'm not man. sure if I remember watching that, that All-Star oh. game. Forget the generational gap here. I remember. I remember the time and place that I was as I'm watching. I was in my dorm, on my apartment, CCP. Uh, there in my room watching the Rockies game, and or the the All Star game, and I had this one of those old dinky TVs, and and I remember getting in. I'm thinking, yes, finally a, a Rocky, another. It's been so long for Rocky's pitcher to get in, and he gets into the crucial moment of the game, right? And he ended up pitching, what was it, three innings? In yeah, I think so. In the All-Star game. And there he was, the classic Aaron Cook. You know, he he, his, he had a unique windup as well. The, the leg kick that was really up close to his body with the foot pointed down. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like just the way his pants were was something that, that I always noticed of Aaron Cook. Uh, I guess that was, you know, his swagger. I don't even know how to explain how his <laughs> pants were. I was like, that doesn't look like all the other pitchers. Um, but that that 2008, that 2008 All Star game, I do remember just being there, and I was like, yes, that's that's our dude, you know, doing his thing, mm-hmm. and you know, to get some recognition. And I think that was one of those, like, as, as Rockies fans, we get to see them all the time you know yeah. we watch them and suffer and and everything <laughs> but they're not always on the they're not on the national tv like no not everybody not everybody knows and, and sees these guys and mm-hmm. that was one of those moments where it's like yeah that's one of our guys and he's he's on the he's on the you know the those times the all-star game that it was all about that yeah and i remember or i was doing the research saying that a quote where the broadcast was talking about well if the no if the national league had ended up to win that game aaron cook probably would have been voted as the mvp of the all-star game because of his performance keeping it scoreless or keeping the game tied and here's a random rockies pitcher Probably props to Clint Hurdle, who was managing the team. So that was probably his in. Anybody else probably isn't throwing Aaron Cook out there for that long <laughs> in that crucial well, moment. Yeah, and I, I remember because, like, the game was dragging on forever. And, and you know, during the game, we're like, oh, well, it looks like Cook's not going to get in the game. But then it goes to the extra innings, and he pitches a scoreless 10th, scoreless 11th, and scoreless 12th. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, man, you know, we got to get this win. And uh, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't pan out. Didn't happen. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of that, one of those other 2008 highlights was his other uh, his other shutout that he had. So there was the one in 2007. One year later, pretty close. Padres coming to town again. Who do they have to face at Coors Field? Aaron Cook, who then one ups himself and throws a five hit shutout four strikeouts on 79 pitches. So he threw five more pitches, got a couple of more strikeouts, but 
but he throws the complete game shutout, 16 ground balls, 10 fly balls, 58 strikes were thrown in that game. Just uh, just efficiency. And I think that's what we're talking about. He worked quick, pounded the zone, throw strikes, get the ground ball. It's more democratic that way. Uh, for sure. In a sub two hour game at Coors, especially yeah. in, in 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 July and August, oh, mm-hmm. in those those hot dog days of summer, man. So he was he was way ahead of his time here. You know, he'd be flourishing now in the pitch clock era mm-hmm. of getting, getting these games done. But it it was always, you know, when they were facing the Padres and Aaron Cook was on the mound. You, there was a possibility of this happening. Yeah, and I like to mention that. We can pull that up here. We've kind of alluded to it, but he loved to pitch against the San Diego Padres. That's something I always remember watching games and hearing them talk about of them saying Aaron Cook loves, just dominates the <laughs> dominates the San Diego Padres. And I can look up his pitching splits here. But it's always cool when you can kind of think of we, we often think of teams being Rockies killers, and sometimes we forget that maybe sometimes there's players on the Rockies that are viewed that same way by other teams. And it, it's sometimes it's just didn't think that, oh, there was a pitcher who could have been viewed like that by another team, like he said. And I can pull him up here. So the San Diego Padres, in his career, he went 14 and 7. That is the only team he had double-digit wins against in all of baseball. Went at fourteen and seven, had a three ten ERA. That is one of the lowest, oh, among National League West teams that he faced since he faced those most of the time. In that's across twenty nine games, had a three ten ERA, one hundred eighty six innings. Jeez, that's a ton. <laughs> only ever gave up. I think he gave up five home runs, 85 strikeouts, 49 walks. So when the Padres were facing off against Aaron Cook, it wasn't going to be a good day for them. Oh, yeah, and that's that that's a, like I said, we we we're doing all this to remember these players to to let them know that they're not forgotten and that that in whatever way, shape, or form that they, you know, they play, it, however they did, you know, we want to recognize that and and know that they were appreciated and that there are people out there that do remember these things uh, that might be kind of insignificant, but that they they meant a lot to to us at the time, and that they're always going to be, you know, part of that Rockies history. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Aaron Cook, that we don't want him to to disappear out of the, you know, we want people in, in helping other generations know of, hey, these were the guys, you know, back in the day. A lot of, you know, the Aaron Cook, there was a, the, what we could say is one of those foundational stones of how to have success at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. One, of those, one of the success stories of a homegrown prospect, a homegrown guy that, that became an all-star that started a game in the world series for the Rockies. And that's what we hope that they can continue to do or get back to doing that. 
Yeah. And just to also a model of just, you know, perseverance through adversity, because we mentioned all those injuries that he had, there was the, you know, like we said, the, uh, clots and they had to take out a rib and everything and it was cool that he was able to come back and i believe it was 2005 he won the tony uh conigliaro award uh was it's usually awarded to the guys that overcome that perseverance adverse extreme adversity to come back he broke his leg he had all these kinds of other issues but when he was on the field to do what he was able to in the time that he was given. You know, who knows what Aaron Cook could have done if injuries hadn't taken so much time away from him. And who knows, maybe he could have been even further up on that, those Rockies leaderboards and, and done so much more and contributed so much more. But for him to be able to do what he did in the time he was given as a Rocky, uh, it's, it shouldn't be forgotten, like he said. And Odell, he's definitely not forgotten by his teammates. No, they're just a couple over on our, our Twitter account, Every Rocky Ever. And this was I, when I initially posted about Aaron Cook in 2022. You had uh, Danny Ardone t- saying, just simply saying, one of my faves. And then uh, I believe this is a, I think it's a, an instructional facility down in Texas, the CCBA at the farm. I believe that's owned by one of the former Rockies. Can't recall which one at the moment. We'll probably talk about him at some point. But just simply saying nasty sinker. Uh, definitely his teammates, I'm sure, remember him. I always remember him from the Rockies commercial where they're t- doing like the product placements. The Ubaldo, <laughs> try hair be there. But Aaron Cook kind of being the the guy in kind of the, the weird little cowboy outfit with the big hat. That's, what, that's my top memory of Aaron Cook. That's what I always think of <laughs> with Aaron Cook. And those those were fun bringing those up and I missed those those mm-hmm. commercials, the Rockies commercials cuz we saw a little bit of their personality or not, you could make a connection with them I guess and it was good times in those that was 2007 to 2010 years where they had those and the the Todd father and Ubaldo's try hair be there and <laughs> the do- the dodgeball game and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was good times, and yeah. he was he, like you said, he was one of those key members of them. Yeah, and that's definitely an idea for a future episode. Is going back over some of those commercials. That definitely. would be a fun one. Uh, just a couple of last couple of notes here. Be sure to mention these. Uh, that 2008 season, Aaron Cook became. I believe one of five Rockies pitchers in team history to win 11 games before the all-star break, which is pretty incredible. Uh, in 2005, when he came back after missing, you know, all that time after the, the clots and everything set a club record of six straight wins as a pitcher. He went seven and two with a three, six, five, three, six, seven ERA. When he came back in 2005, so he he had definitely had his moments. He's etched his name in the Rockies history books. And no, what more can we say about Aaron Cook? Just a, a solid pitcher in Rockies history. And and you know I I know there was a there was an article in the Denver Post a few years ago about his post 
baseball career and some, you know, some, some, some trials he's going through and um, from the, that last report that he's doing well, uh, raising horses and on a, you know, that ranch life. And that was, it was cool to see, to hear about um, how he's, he's having some, some success outside of baseball. Cause that's one of those things that we like to try to, re- we're trying to research and, and find out, you know, what do these guys end up doing post Rockies career, post baseball. And we're, uh, as we're doing this now with finding more players and getting involved in the, this, the Twitter and social media, trying to find these guys and, and see what they're up to and, and hope that they're all doing, doing good, you know, doing well. Yeah, because we we always focus on the players and oh, this guy's an awful pitcher, or this or that. No, we forget that these are human beings too, <laughs> with oh, their yeah, lives and families. Yeah, I I gotta constantly remind myself that these guys, they're somebody's kids. They they have their families. They've they're going through the same kind of struggles, you know, that any common Joe is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, and and that's why we that's why we're like we said, we're wanting to cover them and and let them know that they are appreciated. Definitely, and we kind of do this all in just Galarraga, but on the on the Mount Rushmore, or the the pantheon of Rockies, where would you place Aaron Cook? Where would his place be in the pantheon of Rockies? Even with just specifically Rockies pitchers. For Rockies pitchers, yeah, I would have to. You know, just because of of that, he was like the third Rockies pitcher to be an All Star up there. And so, you know, if we're doing a like a Mount Rushmore of of Rockies pitchers, I think for sure I would put Aaron Cook on that. Um, mm-hmm. He would be, he would be one of my one of my faces up there. I really do believe so. Yeah, I think I would too. Just like we said, the impact and kind of lasting influence that his style of pitching has has had on the organization even now in 2023, you know, 10 years since he's been with the team, you can still see kind of the 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 essence of Aaron Cook in how the Rockies approach pitching uh, for better or for worse. But if they could figure out a way to hone and perfect how Aaron Cook pitched, I think they'd be in a lot better spot. Because Definitely. guy was unfazed, efficient, worked quick, and no, it's a pinch. I have no problems sending him out to to pitch game, you know, the final game of the World Series. He would give me a chance to win for my ball club. Yep. But I think that's going to do it here for this edition of Every Rocky Ever. This one ran a little bit longer than the other ones. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Let us know about your favorite memories about Aaron Cook. You can let us know on Twitter, on the comment section, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe on the Rocky Mountain rooftop over on YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter on at RockyMTNRooftop. You can also follow us over on Every Rocky Ever. And then you can follow me at Sideline underscore Crowd. And then you can also follow Dustin over on Twitter, Mr. T Spanish. And 
always follow your goings on as a helping with the county cappies. Yes, sir. Got our season debut this week. <laughs> wish us luck. Get a couple of Aaron Cooks on your team. Oh, I wish we could. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. You can also find us over on Instagram at Rocky MTN Rooftop. It's the same as our Twitter account. And we'll have have game day lineups and final scores, all that good stuff, and everything over on the Twitters. We're always making jokes about the Rockies. But as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Let us know your thoughts and what other players you'd like to see us talk about. Because we're here to to do this with you, the fan, as well. To journey through and talk about every Rocky ever. So thank you so much for joining us, Dustin. As always, it's been a pleasure having fun talking to my brother. It's good times. Good for us, too, to, to talk about this stuff. But until next time, this has been Every Rocky Ever. We'll see you next time. Go Rockies. Mm-hmm. Farewell. Farewell.